Welcome to Signs of the Times, a look at recent world events from around our kitchen table. Welcome to this week's Signs of the Times podcast. Our topic for this week is physics and the new age. Around the table with us this week, we have Professor and Dr. Arkadius Yadchik, mathematical physicist, known to us as ARC. ARC has published three scientific books on physics. He's got uh, more than 80 scientific publications. He's on the editorial board of reports on mathematical physics. He was a co-organizer of this year's Clifford Algebra Conference that was held at the University Paul Sabatier in Toulouse. And he is the recipient of a dozen awards for his work in physics. In 1976, Fritzhoff Capra published his book, The Tao of Physics, which was a look at what he called the new physics, quantum physics, and looking at uh, microcosmic physics and drawing comparisons with certain Eastern spirituality. This was the first of a series of books that came out drawing parallels between the mysteries and the, the magical workings or the what seems sometimes like magical workings of, of physics and the insights that... Uh, had been transcribed by certain mystics and, and spiritual leaders. Then what happened was with people looking for answers, looking for certainties, started reading these books and took the metaphors that the mathematics had to be expressed in for the popular reader and started drawing conclusions from them in terms of uh, consciousness and our relationship to reality that were far more than I think even the authors of these books would have been willing to to take. And so we've seen in the last 30 years the development of ideas of you create your own reality based on the idea that uh, in a quantum system uh, it takes an observer for uh, the wave to collapse, meaning that, that if there's an event there has to be an observer. And we're sitting down with ARC today to try to look at this and and see what what's nonsense in this and and what can we possibly learn from from physics about our our relationship with reality maybe before going into the details where as we know the david is a uh, general remark first uh, henry you mentioned about uh, the term new physics and it, what was new physics in 1976? It's not longer a new physics, it's an old physics. And what is uh, we consider a new physics today will not be a new physics in uh, 10 years from now, mm. or maybe in two years from now. So drawing any definite conclusion or philosophical conclusion or spiritual conclusion out of... Uh, uh, speculation of scientists uh, who are uh, occurring at a given moment is uh, is a mistake uh, because uh, science is uh, is a living body it's uh, it develops and if we try to to somehow 
make it as uh, something that is uh, that leads us somewhere, it can be a mistake uh, unless we are uh, going always to look into the future, into the new development. It never stops. Yeah, well, that's a good point. And many of the authors and many of the theories that are addressed in these books, such as uh, the Tao of Physics or the Dancing Wu Li Masters, uh, they're talking about ideas that were, as you say, au courant uh, 20, 30 years ago that have been put aside or have been significantly developed in the meantime. Just uh, prior to beginning the podcast, we were looking together at some of these books, and, and you pointed out that at the end uh, of both of the books, the authors were putting their conclusions in very, very qualified terms, things like uh, these theories may be this or that, or we may have to look for other theories so that they weren't coming to any very, very specific conclusions. Everything was very, very open. Okay, this is the last couple of sentences from the revised edition of the Tao of Physics. And Capra concludes his book by saying, Finally, both approaches recognize that consciousness may be an essential aspect of the universe that will have to be included in a future theory of physical phenomena. Such a future theory may well arise from the merging of the, of the theories of Baum and Chu, which represent two of the most imaginative and philosophically profound approaches to physical reality. So there, uh, there's quite a bit of qualification in there. He's not stating that it's the theories of Baum and Chu that will uh, be the basis of, the, of future physical theories. And he's also saying that it may have to be uh, something, something completely else. different, right? And this is what our for what what readers <coughs> tend to omit uh, may well arise. It's a detail, but an important detail. Mm-hmm. And today, uh, some years later, after this sentence uh, have been ro- written, uh, uh, we know that uh, it, it may well arise with great probability, from something uh, completely different. So as, as I understand it, in these books like the, the Dancing Willy Masters and the Tao of Physics, there is something valuable in those books from your perspective. Is that, is that correct? The book describes the present state of physics and present state of understanding of uh, physics and uh, philosophy and its relation, but uh, they represent and they describe the present state at the time when the book, these books uh, were written. Uh-huh. But the, the, I think there needs to be a, a distinction made between people like the authors of these books uh, who, who presented th- these theories of uh, emerging between like a, a consciousness and, and, and classical physics or, or modern physics um, and, and the other group of people which number f- far more than, than than people who have written books such as these and I'm talking here about the the, the, the new age community the, the ordinary people in, in new age uh, we could call them new age communities who probably don't know much about these books or, the, or the, even a lot of the concepts in these books and, and certainly don't know an awful lot about, about physics and they're not physicists and as a result of this the, the, the concepts are very watered down and, and they tend to come down to very basic ideas of like we mentioned you create your own reality and uh, you know the idea that there nothing is, is really negative or positive that it's all about the way you perceive it and, and this seems to be the thing that we see most uh, particularly on the internet 
than in a lot of, you know, um, can we say lesser books or less academic books of, 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 of this nature of the New Age, where, where these concepts are just repeated uh, ad nauseum. Uh, more recently, there has been a, a, a lot more talk about the idea of uh, quantum jumps and uh, macrocosmic quantum jumps, and uh, this is being used by a lot of people to, uh, to I suppose, to make their, their lives a little bit easier. People who are interested in the truth or people who are interested in, in searching for answers to their spiritual questions. Or and, perhaps uh, people who don't like what they see now and are looking for some way out. Yeah, so maybe... Um, I mean, if you could maybe address some of, of, of those questions. For example, the idea that nothing is really negative or positive in itself. It's all from our own perspective. If you heard that opinion being given, what would your response be? I think there is nothing wrong with uh, accepting uh, some terminology and some concepts that uh, come from physics and somehow uh, to extrapolate them into the... Uh, more general framework you to use these terms like quantum jumps uh, when applied to society or when applied to quantum jumps in our consciousness in our state of being and so on i mean it's uh, it's okay because uh, with the growth of science with the growth of our experience uh, it is natural that new concepts uh, are being formed that we are trying to, to, to use and uh, it's, it is an experience uh, that will show whether these concepts are useful or not. So there is nothing wrong in using this. Uh, what is wrong is uh, in pretending that by just using this concept we are, uh, so to say, more clever. It's it's all an experiment, okay? And if, uh, in particular, a quantum jump is, uh, is quite a general concept, but uh, some people would use a more specific concept like uh, quantum field, which is a, a, a very definite uh, mathematical concept, and it explains nothing. You don't understand uh, anything, what the author has in mind. When, when when someone says quantum jumps, you imagine someone jumping, okay, or a mountain falling or an earthquake, you have an example. But when someone is telling you, oh, it's all quantum field, you think, oh, it must be very smart because I don't know what it means. That's where quantum cows eat grass and quantum fields. <laughs> <laughs> You're really milking that one, huh? <laughs> okay, but the, I suppose the one of the bone of, bones of contention um, at the minute that we've heard a lot about is this idea that you create your own reality, and there are a lot of people saying that, for example, news sites like like Science of the Times that um, present a, a view of the world as it is, as objectively as possible, and obviously that view isn't very. Uh, positive, let's say, in, in, a, in, in a traditional sense, it's uh, it's quite negative, particularly at the minute. And uh, there are a lot of people who ascribe to these new age ideas and new physics, who would say that uh, that it's not a good idea for people to continually look at uh, things that are negative, because um, in any foreseeable quantum jump, as they say, uh, that if you're focused on negativity, well, then you'll create a, a negative uh, result, let's say, or you'll find yourself in a negative uh, situation as a result of your negative observation of negativity. In a negative quantum field. Yeah, with really nasty quantum bulbs. I think it is important to make a, a difference between a scientific way of approaching things 
and uh, sites like Science of the Times, which has a different function because its function is to uh, really do something uh, within the society to fix certain errors. And in order to fix certain errors, first these errors must be explicitly pointed and even exaggerated so that every taken apart, because only then you can really, really, you know, try to do something. And it's also another function is to awake the sleeping uh, uh, audience. Mm. And if you want to awake someone, you don't whisper, please, wake up. You bang on the door and you shout. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, is there any... hard physics verification or a way to verify uh, these ideas that these people are, are putting out there that um, that by focusing on the negative or a negative worldview that after some kind of a quantum jump as they use it that you would find yourself in a in a negative state. Is there any way that that can be applied to any kind of physics be it old or new in a real way? It's not so much physics in this case. Uh, I think it's uh, rather psychology. And it is well known that if you carry with you a negative attitude, if you carry within you a feeling of unhappiness, then in a sense uh, you attract, in quotes, uh, accidents, bad accidents to happen to you, right? But the devil is in the details. The point is that we, when we are uh, publishing news that are considered by someone as negative, we are not unhappy, and we are not inducing a state of unhappiness, and uh, we are just trying to point out objective reality and uh, ways to get out and to, to, to really get into a better world. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a positive attitude. We are happy doing that, and we encourage people not to get into 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 state of sleep, but to do something. Mm. So so really, what you're saying is that I mean, it's it's we've probably we've come to this conclusion already uh, ourselves that, that when people from these new age communities who are not scientists or not physicists who use uh, scientific terms from physics and maybe mathematics uh, to describe you know, shifting realities or changing realities, that there is no real physics that backs that up, that this is nonsense. They're just using technical terms to try and make themselves sound more uh, serious or more convincing. The point is that uh, uh, such physics really does not exist yet. But all these people who are trying to take the physics that exists and take pieces of what uh, physicists are telling them, uh, these people can really help advance of, 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 of science and of new physics by just not taking but by doing their own research. When I say research, uh, it does not mean that they must study physics or study mathematics, but by just studying what other people say, try s- studying and comparing different things, they can attract attention of physicists and of scientists to certain facts, to certain relations. 
everybody. I mean, everybody can do it just by being active rather than passive, by trying to put something new rather than accepting something as given and putting in it uh, 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 on, on the pedestal. So now that we've uh, touched a little bit on the idea that uh, some of these new age groups are sort of using concepts from hardcore physics to support their, their theories, and the reality is, is that they are using ideas from physics in a way that uh, isn't exactly scientific, shall we say. And they're are using ideas that people have either rejected or, or that haven't been accepted even by the scientific community as, as being the explanation. I mean, at the moment, there there is no model for for physics that, that explains everything that needs to be explained. So the models that are being given in these books aren't even models that that work. Yeah, exactly. So, Ark, you have uh, on your website quantumfuture.net, there's one page uh, where you talk about the main theses of quantum future. The quantum future is, is an idea that, that you have come up with. And on this page, there are such statements as knowledge is as real as matter. This is one of the hypotheses, if you will. So, of course, someone who's inclined towards the new age could come along and say, well, you know, knowledge is as real as matter. Yeah, dude, that's cool. And, you know, they could sort of latch on to that. And, and so I guess my question is, how does your approach differ from all these other authors and, and people who have, have written about physics ideas in terms of the new age phenomenon? I think uh, many physicists and the same uh, probably concerns uh, other scientists from other domains uh, do their research and uh, do science uh, starting from some kind of uh, inspiration and this inspiration may come from different sources. I don't know how many what percentage of physicists, for instance, uh, uh, take inspiration from philosophy, from uh, literature, from movies, from uh, their wives, uh, I don't know where from, from nature. But uh, it, is, it is normal that we take inspiration to produce working hypotheses, a new working hypothesis, which was not yet. But we must understand that each science, every piece of science, starts from speculation. And then, of course, comes research, which confirms the speculation or changes the direction of the speculation into some other direction, and that's corrections, correction, in, inspiration, and speculation. That's how. And then uh, hard research to check which of these hypotheses is true. So, in the case of uh, quantum future, and in particular concerning the sentence that uh, you, Scott, mentioned about uh, knowledge being as real as matter. For me, this part were, came, uh, in fact, from reading uh, Gurdjieff, where Gurdjieff was using this term, and I liked it. And uh, on the other hand, uh, at some point, I was reading uh, Philosophy of Popper, in particular uh, the book by Popper and Eccles, where Popper all also was giving a particular place for knowledge. I mean, 
and he was creating essentially a new universe like built of knowledge. I thought, oh, that's cool, and that's a good uh, idea, and maybe I will be able to incorporate it into physics, because in physics we still don't know what knowledge is, so it's a good idea. Okay, So that was my idea. It's a working hypothesis. I'm working in this direction, uh, but it's, a, I would say, work in progress. Uh, people who are doing artificial intelligence also is, are going in a similar direction. They want to understand what knowledge is because they want to, to teach robots and computers uh, how to produce knowledge, new knowledge, not just, uh, you know, work on the knowledge that is given to them by to, uh, for a computer to make real discoveries. To, to, to make progress in science, okay? we have to understand what the progress is and what knowledge is. So this is in particular a, a just a, a direction rather than something that, uh, that is uh, already part of what has been done. And what does the term quantum future mean for you? I think when I was creating this particular term, I was guided uh, by two ideas. The first idea was my feeling that quantum theory will be important for the future progress, progress in physics, in science, and maybe even in philosophy and so on. Because uh, quantum theory was bringing a new... Uh, new view, new outlook, new ideas. One of the most important ones, I think, was the idea of complementarity. Uh, the idea of complementarity was that you cannot sit on, on a fence. If you say yes, you cannot say no at the same time. Okay? That if you observe position, you don't, uh, you disturb the momentum. If you want to know the momentum, you disturb the position. You cannot have both at the same time. Or, if you de really decide to have both, you have to pay the price. So, <laughs> <laughs> we've seen that over and over again. <laughs> so that was that was one idea. Okay? I was feeling that quantum theory is important for the future. On the other hand, I was having the idea that uh, to understand the future, we need quantum theory, and to understand what future is and to do something to, to, to uh, be in the future, to use this future for our present. So these were just the, the two ideas that were, were behind the name. I just want to get back to uh, my previous question um, about uh, a lot of New Age uh, advocates who, who talk about uh, this idea of you create your own reality by uh, if you focus on the negative, you get a negative. If you fo focus on positive, you get positive, uh, a positive future or a negative future. And I know you've said that this is more to do with psychology or it's, a, it's an idea that comes from psychology, uh, that if you focus on negative, you get negative. But I believe that it has some relationship to your own work because it seems to relate quite closely to the idea of an observer because these people are talking about looking at the world or looking at anything in the reality, observing it, and as a result, they get negative or positive based on the way they look at it. How does that play into this idea of the observer in, in physics? I think that uh, there are first there are two kinds of observers. There are passive observers and there are active observers. A passive observer doesn't make 
much difference for the world. Uh, we have passive observers all around us. Stones are observers, trees are observers, uh, birds are observers, and uh, every atom is a, an observer, but they are in a sense passive observers. They do not have really intelligence, and they cannot make decisions, or if they can make decisions, we know very little about that, and probably these, these decisions are of different kind. Then there come something which we call intelligence and which we really do not know what it is yet. And intelligence can not only observe, but can make decisions. That is, there is a kind of free will and also the mechanism which allows this free will to be used to uh, uh, do something with in the world. And these I would call active observers. Okay. So I think there is a, a, a definite uh, a distinction between these two. Uh, in general, when we speak about quantum theory, probably active observers and passive observers play the same role. Within the framework of atoms, within the frameworks, as, as long as we deal with a so-called mechanical universe, even quantum mechanical universe, mechanical universe. It's still mechanical universe because consciousness, intelligence, is not yet part of the framework. So within the, the standard framework of, I wouldn't call it materialistic point of view because quantum theory goes beyond that. We have wave functions, we have uh, probabilities. It's not so purely me mechanistic. Okay? But still, there is no much difference and there is not even a concept of an active observer there or of an intelligent observer. But when we go beyond this, maybe if we go into the 10 years from now, where perhaps in one of the worlds that will exist then, the science will be more advanced than it is now. Uh, in this new theory... In this new world, perhaps we understand that, yes, you can create and you create your reality, but by being kind of intelligent and active observer, that you do not just observe and wish, but you are able to do, because you understand how you can exercise your free will and make an essential changes. But... It cannot happen unless you are responsible enough not to cause a disaster by this intelligent and powerful abilities to change the world, you know, by an active observation. Hmm. Well, that's kind of what they, these New Age people would, would say, that they, are, uh, they, they tend to dismiss uh, modern physics uh, using the same kind of idea that you um, propose that physics today... In, in 20 years will be old physics and they tend to claim that they now understand new physics uh, the physics of the future and it's uh, you don't need to be a physicist to understand this new physics it's, it's it's got a lot to do with your own kind of feeling and intuition and closely tied to creating your own reality you know and there's quite a few uh, books and there's this movie uh, what the bleep do we know uh, which we which we saw, which uh, talks about this, you know, and all of these people, none of them are, I don't think any of them were physicists or one of them was, or, but they all had this idea that they were going to create their reality, 
um, and that they are at, at the front line of, of new physics. Are they right? I think there are not so much data that would support uh, their claims. Uh, the question is, uh, are there any data? Now, if you... You mentioned the, the, the movie... Uh, what the bleep do we know? Yes. In fact, I am uh, discussing this particular movie in one of my secret blogs. But... Uh, <laughs> But uh, so what? What? What these people have uh, uh, to support such claims? Okay, and the, in the in the movie there is a piece from uh, Hagelin, who is uh, really a physicist uh, associated uh, to Maharishi International University, and uh, there was apparently an experiment that was done uh, showing that uh, mass meditation uh, in a certain direction, under certain direction, or directed, uh, uh, made really changes in the level of, uh, what was it, criminality? This was criminality. This was the experiment they carried out in Washington, D.C., right. where they claimed that having... Uh, massive numbers of meditators drop the crime rates. Yes, so this is this is one uh, one example which would suggest that people conscious uh, thinking really changes uh, events. Well, this is not really convincing because when you look into the data and analyze them statistically, and it was criticized on internet, there is no real proof that. Uh, uh, anything uh, like that happened. So forget about that. That's, uh, it's not a it's not a scientifically uh, approved uh, uh, experiment. And you mean scientifically here in terms of just uh, having enough analysis of it and objective analysis, not that it's subjected to some kind of a scientific theory, but simply that it's scientific in the in terms of it being rigidly. Right, right. I would suggest, uh, I would say uh, the, the results were suggestive of something which needs to be confirmed by independent experiment mm -hmm. and which has to be, I mean, much more, much better statistical analysis should be done. And uh, so it was just one experiment. The other experiment which is uh, suggestive is the experiment which was done it came from Princeton. The idea was that during the... Mm, the Consciousness Project, yes, the, what was where it? there were no. random number generators positioned around the globe, and there were significant spikes just prior to 9-11. Yes. Attacks. Now, these random number generators apparently were, were influenced by people who were uh, participating in the experiment. And these people somehow could have a, 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 a preview of what's going to happen. So it's not so much an influence of thinking on the event. It's rather a precognition of the result. Now, if you study parapsychology, you find that there is a certain uh, strange phenomenon. For instance, take into account, uh, consider this, Hagelin experiment with mass meditation. You can try, suppose 
the result is really positive. Suppose uh, tests will show that in many cases more than probability theory would suggest uh, really mass meditation precedes certain events that happen. Now there are two possible interpretations. One interpretation is that this thinking or wishing influences the future. But another possibility is that the future events, like a coming down of criminality level, is being perceived by minds of organizers, and then they decide to create experiment because they know in their minds <laughs> that, <laughs> that the rate is going to fall down anyway. Okay, so they know it, so they, so they read the future, and they create this experiment, uh, which seems to confirm that anyway it's going to happen. And this is constant phenomenon in parapsychology. It's almost impossible to distinguish between influencing the future and reading the future and acting as you would be the author (laughs) of these future events. There is another aspect of you create your reality, which was uh, studied in uh, many experiments in the field of parapsychology, namely the influencing of random number generator by thinking. So are we able to influence uh, machines? In this case, uh, they are random number generators because it's easy to study statistically. Uh, but some people would uh, use billiard boards or, uh, I don't know, maybe roulette. But uh, the scientific experiments uh, were done with random number generators. And indeed, uh, the result of experiments, many, many, many experiments, suggest that it is possible by first uh, some training and then some learning how to do it and concentration to influence (coughs) random number generators in a desired direction. So yes, it is true. But the same experiment showed that in many cases, although statistically also significant, the random number generator do just the opposite that you wish. It's also statistically significant. It's called <laughs> a negative effect, okay? Uh-huh. So when you say you create your reality, it means, yes, in some cases, when you concentrate on something, the real world events can, will go in the direction you desire, but as well, <laughs> in many cases, they will go in just opposite direction. We're talking with Arkadius Yadchik, mathematical physicist, and we'll be back in a moment. A warm welcome to listeners all around the world on the World Wide Web. You're listening to Signs of the Times. Signs of the 
some description that that doesn't have an explanation in, right. in modern physics and you mentioned also about this idea of, of, of a new physics or a physics that will, will will be the physics in 20 years time and you mentioned the idea of you know this this phenomena of mind uh, or of intelligence or of consciousness um, but that for these people who present themselves as as, as the exponents or the, the users of the new physics that there's a requirement for the, for such people um, to, to be responsible about it because uh, I suppose the responsibility comes in that, that they don't know fully what they're doing. They, ha- they may have uh, uh, determined that there is some uh, power to, to mind, that mind can in some way or intelligence or consciousness can in some way influence the reality around us, but that they need to be responsible about it because they don't know really what they're playing with fire. They're like children playing with fire. Um, so my question then is that uh, if these people can't rely on, on, on themselves, their own ideas, their own subjective ideas, because they're like children with fire. How do we uh, responsibly uh, use uh, or attempt to explore this, uh, this phenomenon or this uh, potential effect of, of mind or consciousness? I think there is nothing wrong with uh, people who are uh, using and distorting uh, uh, what physics is uh, really telling us about and who are uh, making their own theories or even uh, um, publishing uh, their own view or their own speculation. This is all good because uh, it creates a certain kind of uh, uh, interest and uh, even uh, I uh, I like to read uh, page, web pages or books which are considered even nonsensical if they can uh, somehow prompt me to my own research and to finding the right answers. I think the problem is when uh, these people are becoming um, tools uh, in the hands of some organizations uh, organizations which are just devoted to uh, hiding knowledge and to diverting uh, research into areas that would be not considered as dangerous for this organization. Uh, so, in particular, of course, this is an uh, industrial complex and military complex, and uh, we don't know what else. And in many cases, uh, there is a noise that is created in a particular, uh, for a particular reason. And that, of course, uh, has to be taken into account. And uh, we would like to expose it and study it as much as we can. So, again, the devil is in the details. It's, uh, um, it's not that... It's not wrong that some people are wrong, because I can be wrong as well. Okay, 
but it's wrong that some people become narrow-minded and they believe that they know the truth and they want to impose this truth and teach this to, to, to other people, you see, and not being aware that they can be tools of... of uh, hmm? mm-hmm. So that's, that's how I, uh, I see it. Yeah, well, the other big problem is that um, the whole New Age idea of you create your own reality and uh, this new physics, and um, it's it's all presented in a way that's very easy. For example, like we were saying about the people who say that you shouldn't focus too much on the science page or on negativity. I mean, all of this, it, it, it smacks of, of people who want to run away from, from negativity or nastiness, you know. I mean, that it seems to me that that would, should be the first thing that these people, or the first kind of red flag for these people, that that, that it's not really that they, they believe that, that they can create their own reality and then it can be positive and all they have to do is think nice thoughts, but rather that they there's a problem underneath that, which is that they don't like the negativity that is facing them in the world and they just don't like to look at it. I mean, it would be nice if we could just not look at negativity and that it would go away, but it doesn't it kind of sneaks up behind us if we don't look at it. Oh, I know that this week, Ark, you had a extended email exchange with a, one of the readers of the site who was taking this approach, and one of the things she kept coming back to is that uh, all there are are waveforms. I mean, she was using terminology like quantum fields and these, which you very politely pointed out to her were completely meaningless but she kept coming back to this idea that that a tree is only a waveform and if somehow we had different perceptual apparatus we would see it as something different than a tree and you kept coming back to very kind of terra terra things to say yes but when i want to chop down the tree i need a chainsaw and this seems to me to to go with what joe's saying is is this running away from reality, wanting to deny that reality exists, to to go into the imagination and, and, and to try to build some sort of a subjective world as if any of our subjectivities has the, the creativity or the, or the limitless character or the power of, of the universe. And somehow we know better than the universe, which comes back to the idea of the observer in quantum physics. You talked earlier about uh, the active observer and the passive observer. Because this has become such a key term in in the New Age uh, movement and, and has so influenced people's thinkings, in quantum physics, what is an observer? You said earlier a tree can be an observer, a rock can be an observer, but, but when you get into to quantum theory, what is an observer? This is a very good question, of course. Uh, first of all, let me say that uh, our readers that I was corresponding with and that uh, this correspondence finally stopped because the reader was uh, not more interested in my answers. Uh, that Let me uh, say that she may have been even right. Maybe everything is a waveform, but maybe... I don't know, and she couldn't possibly know. So that's the important distinction. She seems to be just narrow-mindedly closed onto a certain idea. 
And that's the difference between uh, being an open-minded and uh, narrow-minded. And it's, mm. it's a, a scientist should be, obviously, an open-minded. And isn't it also a question of, of what level you're observing on? Because even if everything is, is a, a wavelength, where we are in our lives right now, we're not perceiving everything as a wavelength. And she just seemed to feel that if she just sat around long enough and and wished and, and hoped and, and waited for her DNA to change, then somehow magically, without her lifting a finger, she would be able just to perceive everything as a wavelength. Well, let me just um, make one comment. that uh, If I would be reading too, I could point at uh, that what she is saying is, is just philosophically and scientifically and even logically contradictory. It cannot be like that. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's easy, and it would not be difficult. But uh, why to waste time on such things, right? <laughs> Uh, there are infinitely many contradictory and uh, uh, wrong because they they state more or less if you take it apart that zero equal one okay ideas in the world you cannot just spend your life on destroying this it's mm-hmm. much better to do something positive and I would prefer to use my time to create something that works rather mm-hmm. than find and destroy all that is not working. Now, uh, let's go back to the idea of the observer. You ask, what is an observer? Of course, I don't know what is an observer, but I think it's uh, an important uh, concept, and it's uh, becoming more and more popular between within the community of physicists. And, of course, I am also working in this idea, and I can tell a little bit about my speculations. But they are, again, only speculations because it's not finished. The work is not finished. But then then what you're saying, essentially, is that there is no uh, commonly agreed-upon definition, even among physicists, of what an observer is. Of course, there is no definition. And, uh, uh, in fact, there is a whole branch physics, which uh, is... uh, uh, under the title uh, quantum theory without observers. Mm. I mean, the uh, physicists are, are uh, really trying and working hard to prove that it can, that quantum theory can be built uh, in such a way that there is no need for an observer. This is just in a reaction to the original founders of quantum theory, Bohm, Bohr, and then uh, Bohm, and uh, who try to 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 make uh, consciousness an important part. Mm. So perhaps it's not necessary. Mm. Perhaps it's not quantum theory that really opens the way towards incorporating consciousness and intelligence into. Uh, some kind of expanded science. Perhaps. I was participating in at least two such conferences which were dealing with quantum theory without observers. And I was creating myself this theory of uh, even enhanced quantum theory, EQT, which goes in this direction to produce a theory that doesn't need an observer. 
The result was that yes, I produce such a theory. And it gives result better than the standard quantum theory. And it is not using the concept of an observer. Except after 10 years of research, I understand now that this is not how the world is. <laughs> the theory is... <laughs> That's success. <laughs> yes, the theory is good. Okay. It is more powerful because it can predict more than the standard quantum theory with observations, except that I know that the universe cannot be like that because there is no way the universe can make such a lot of computations that are needed and universe takes decision in no time at all mm -hmm. why my computer would have to take the, the, all the computing power in the universe to decide what to do every next time step. <laughs> so, so we understand that, that physicists don't even know what an observer is. Uh, there are physicists who are working on elaborating a, a quantum mechanics that doesn't have an observer. So while there's this complete chaos in a certain sense in, among physicists about the question of the observer, it's been taken and it's been given a very definite meaning by other people outside of physics and a meaning that it, that it doesn't have in, among the physicists, if that's clear. The wine's beginning to, to take effect. Uh, let me comment on this. First of all, even if when, when I say that I created a theory that doesn't need an observer, and David Bohm created another theory that doesn't need an observer. And John Bell was talking uh, a lot about the uh, need of creating theories without observer. In my theories, I have some things that I call detectors because they are uh, somewhat uh, less dangerous than observers. But what they do, they observe. <laughs> so, I ha so I have things that are called detectors. And, of course, the detectors uh, produce really changes in the world that they detect. Mm. And so even if the future theory will be different than the theory that I have, I can still try to draw conclusion from this wrong model, which may be valid in the future model that will be better. Mm -hmm. okay. Would a detector be an active observer? No, my detector, my detector is active but not not intelligent yet. Oh. And what I learned by developing this theory and by analyzing its results, I am finding, finding the results that can be applied to things like society and human beings, provided we take sufficient care not to treat the speculation as a definite answer. So one of these speculations, for instance, which is coming from the mathematical model, which is wrong, but maybe wrong only in 70%, and we don't know which 70%. So what I am getting from my model is that, yes, there is a distinction between an observer or detector that is objective and the detector which is perceive the reality, how to say, topsy-curved? Mm, topsy-turvy? Topsy-turvy, right? Topsy-turvy, mm -hmm. yes. 
And, uh, Which could be a mathematical way of saying subjectively? Uh, not because you can have subjective thinking or subjective decisions which are nevertheless uh, correct. Mm. Okay, so, so, so a topsy-turvy observation is never correct. Topsy-turvy, yes, it's never okay. correct. You just... You can be subjective and you might get lucky and be right, correct, yes, right. but if you're topsy-turvy, then... Yes. Of course, if you are subjective, that probably in uh, 50% you are topsy-turvy, right? <laughs> but uh, uh, what uh, I can see from my theory, okay, if the observer is subjective, then it will mostly create chaos mm -hmm. as a result of being an observer and observing the reality. If the observer is always wrong in predictions of what's going to happen, uh, then it creates chaos in what will happen. So this is the way how observers really influence events. Yes, by observing, you influence events in this particular model. Mm -hmm. And in that model, what is the connection between the, the detector or the observer and, and the event or the reality or the, what, what exactly is it observing? The reality is much like our reader. There are two kinds of realities first, okay? First, there is a reality that is uh, all wavy, waveforms, if you want. But this is not enough to create anything. Waveforms will never create anything def definite. There will be always wavy things around. Never there will be something that really happened. It's all will be wavy word. But if we look for results, if we want to distinguish between A and B, if we want to take any decision, we have to go out of the wavy word. We have to go to yes-no word. And so there must be this other word where there are yes and no's and not just I don't know there must be this other word where there are good and bad and zero and ones and they don't belong to the wavy words, zero and ones. Is the wavy world the fence-sitting world? <laughs> the wavy word is a fence-sitting word. So you can sit on a fence as long as you, as you can, as you want, mm -hmm. but you will not accomplish anything by sitting on the fence. Okay? Mm -hmm. You will meet other people sitting on the fence and you will be fence-sitting forever. At some point, if you want to do something, but not everybody wants to do something, right? So is the act of observation then, or intelligent observation, is that, does that collapse a wave, a waveform into one or the other? I think the, the necessary term is uh, not so much an observation, but a decision. decision. It's a decision that change the world. Mm. Not just the observation, because the observation can change the word with the word in any possible way, but nothing really is being created by just acts of observation. It's like decision, which means choosing A and B. I decide to measure momentum, or I decide to measure reality. I decide to go this way, or I decide to go this way. And you cannot go both ways. Mm -hmm. If the universe splits into two, I decide to go one way 
and go. Okay, and to, while doing this, in fact, I think, I believe, it's a, another hypothesis. We are creating universes, but by decisions, not by just doing nothing. So this, what you're speaking of, this has this been observed in physics or quantum physics at a, at a quantum level that this actually happens in terms of the detector or the and uh, an event or a reality, and that there is a, definitely some kind of a relationship between the two. At some point, I created what is called a division of nonlinear physics and complex systems. And this I did after many years of uh, of research uh, in quantum physics, because I understood that there is another branch of physics that is as important, or even more important, than quantum physics, that is much younger than quantum theory, and this is uh, nonlinear physics, nonlinear phenomena, and the study of complex systems. So now, somehow, quantum physics must be put together with this new physics of nonlinear phenomena, which is still in status nascendi, which is still developing, and only when these two domains branch, there will be a real progress. So the real fact that the observer changes and influences events or word is also not only through the effect of observation but also through what we call a butterfly effect when small changes today or here and now can produce dramatic changes tomorrow and far away and uh, quantum physics is not yet and not exactly telling us that. It's telling us that somehow an observer collapses the wave function, but it's not clear what it means, and not clear anything. So the other thing is that little changes, little decisions here and now can influence the fate of the <coughs> universe in the future, and how far is this future is, is unpredictable because quantum physics tells us that many things are unpredictable. Mm. So it can be that our decision today will change the universe in 10 billion years, but quantum physics tells us that there is also a possibility that it will change, that the change will come tomorrow. And we don't know yet what is the real cause whether it will be in 10 billion years or tomorrow. One of day, maybe we will learn it, and then we will become masters of the universe. This is exactly what our, our reader was saying, in that um, our, our, the reader had taken these ideas of, of, of that, that aren't even formed in, in physics yet and applying them to humans you know, in terms of uh, the interaction of, of a human being with, with the reality and that, and that she was talking about waves and that everything is... Uh, uh, waveforms and that she could essentially create reality based on, on interacting with, with, with her reality. Um, through Avoiding these, the negative. Through these waveforms. Wave wave but, I mean, the one thing that stuck out for me uh, was that um, there was a logical fallacy in, 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 in that argument in that because the reader 
freely accepted and uh, recognized that in this 3D world that there were negative forces and negative forces that used manipulation and deception to further their goals. But the idea was, as proposed by this reader, was that this uh, new physics and the ability that human beings have to employ this new physics was going to wipe all of this negativity away and transport them somehow into this wonderful new reality of their own imagining, of their own creation. But the logical fallacy was that if, if the reader accepted that there was negative forces that, that were very powerful and that were controlling this reality, then why would she not assume that they, there were also similar forces of a higher order in this higher order of reality that the reader was going to go to? It kind of ties back into um, the idea about uh, being responsible. People who are aware of, of these ideas and attempt to make decisions or try to apply these concepts into their lives, they don't know what they're playing with. They may, may be planning to create their own reality, but could end up destroying the reality or, or creating something that they can't even think of. In I think in our, our reader that we are talking about is not an, not an exception. No, I mean, there's so many, many other people. This is, this is a very common. I'm just using the reader as an example of, of what is very common in terms of new age groups and thinking. Yeah, there, are, there are quite a number of uh, people around who take uh, their wishful thinking as reality and then try to avoid uh, taking decision and uh, doing something and create something uh, really um, adding to the knowledge rather than exploiting what other people did. So uh, it's uh, it's normal and uh, like there are passive observers and active observers there are uh, passive people and active people and there are those who are food and those who are uh, try to be more than just food for uh, others. So this comes down to what does it mean to be active because I'm certain that this particular reader would consider uh, herself to be a very active person. She's engaging people in, in emails. Uh, she's active on uh, various forums. She's putting her ideas out. She's communicating with people. So in that sense, she's very active. But she's not active in the sense that you're talking about. No, she is not active in the sense I am talking about because uh, being active means first uh, uh, having as much knowledge as it is possible and trying to uh, doing everything to get more knowledge because uh, we really don't uh, know whether what we know now is uh, what is the value of it and we uh, should be always prepared to open our minds to something new and search, search for problems in our thinking. Uh, that's uh, how scientists work and that's, I think, how everybody should work. I mean, one should be always able and uh, willing to to make changes at what we understand by and being open. And uh, this kind of an activity is something that adds to the, to the order in the universe. I mean, being active by just propagating nonsense is not very uh, good things for creating order in the universe. It creates chaos. One should not. Uh, one should not propagate nonsense, or why should one should try to 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 uh, to be critical? We were discussing this earlier this week, and, and you made an interesting point to me where you said, you know, in fact, 
this person has probably spent quite a bit of time reading the various books we're talking about. And so in a sense, the reader has been applying herself. Um, she's been trying to learn. It's a question of her level of discernment and being able to weed through the nonsense and and to get to to what the gems are in what she's reading. So she spent a lot of time she's she's read these popularizations of physics and because of that she thinks she knows something and it's very difficult after you've spent that time and you've said no but i've i've done the work i've read these books uh what do you tell me that i don't know anything but then it gets back to the the, the bane of the new age community and new age thinking which is this enticement that has been put out there to attract a lot of people uh, and that a lot of people have become attached to and it's it's the idea that you can create this wonderful reality without doing really very much other than thinking about it and you know, reading some books that tell you how to do this or explain these concepts and then simply manifesting this reality somehow just by thinking about it, just by, by focusing on it. And that's a very enticing and very comforting seductive. concept. Yeah, and seductive concept, you know. Uh, and for me, that's what is, is, is the biggest problem. There's been a lot of stuff written on... Um, on the idea of the New Age movement that when it started in the, in the kind of 60s, it was essentially inf infiltrated by what we've come to know as COINTELPRO. I mean, we have to keep that, certainly that idea open, and everybody should. It's, it's their responsibility, again, to keep that idea in their minds that, that a lot of it could be for the purpose of disinformation and deception. The bottom line, I suppose, is that there are no easy answers either. There's no free lunch, as, as, as we've said, and... I would be tolerant here, because uh, even if we don't think that Darwin was uh, really 100% right when he was talking about natural selection. Uh, I like the idea, and uh, it's a natural selection. Some people will go for uh, cheap New Age uh, uh, stuff and uh, will be happy with that, and uh, uh, because this is what they want, okay? And uh, some other people would uh, see that it's too cheap for them and will look for something uh, more ambitious or more difficult. And even in our lives, there are periods where we think uh, or we decide to uh, stay on a certain level because of our... Uh, environment because of our family situations or because we are not yet grown and, and then we grow and we decide oh my god uh, what I was doing for 10 years was totally stupid and now only now I know okay so uh, it's, a, it's a natural process and let it be so natural as I say there is nothing wrong and uh, I don't know whether what I am doing or we are doing is really right okay I consider it as being being uh, good because taking into account all that we know and so what we learn, also from our from all our critics and from all our, uh, from the feedback that we are going from everywhere and from our studies. Okay? But maybe we will change it again, and mm -hmm. maybe in the next year we will decide to. Oh, it was uh, it was not very smart that we did it or that. Okay, but. We do the best that we know at a given moment. And if everybody does that, then it's okay. I mean, there are people in different levels. We are using in our quantum future school the term collinearity. 
And collinearity means that even if we are not at the same place, even if we are different in opinions about in assessment, okay, nevertheless, we go into the same direction and our lines will converge in future, maybe infinite future, right? It's a collinearity, uh, which should be uh, uh, contrasted with going into two different directions. If someone really goes for a power, uh, for really trying to, to hide the truth, okay, this is something that we are not collinear with, right? So I would be tolerant again, and I would allow for different level, different approaches. Okay? Mm. We are doing our best, but we are not trying to impose on others, and that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it for this week. We'd like to thank Ark for coming in and answering our questions. Thank you. And we'll hope we'll have him back one day. If any of our listeners have any questions for Ark, you can get in contact with him through any of our sites. You can try at quantumfuture.net or even send a, an email to signsofthetimes.org. And Ark answers all his emails. You can visit our Weekend Signs page, which will be found at www.signs-of-the-times.org. So thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.